I forgot what I normally say when, when, I, when I start my podcast. I'll get there. I forgot. All right, my bad. All right. Hello, beautiful. How your spirit doing? I am very excited about today's guest. So, with all this quarantine 2020 and and not being able to go outside and uh, you know toilet paper and 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 butts and whatever whatever the situation is right now. It has been enormously suggested that, hey, Day, can you just go ahead and bring on some people and and let's hear more voices? Because as much as we love you talking for like an hour, (laughs) how about we just get, you know, some other perspective? So what I wanted to do today is do my second family friendly episode. So it's it's really going to be a very clean uh, episode. It's only going to be 30 minutes. Uh, but but importantly, we, we will have some, you know, honest and serious conversations because that's really what the podcast is designed to, to have these kind of conversations. We just, you know, it's, it's gonna, like your kids can be around for this one and uh, we won't talk about anything content wise that's just like, whoa, okay, not this episode, go to the other ones. Uh, today, my, my guest is someone that I've known for a very long time in my life. She is... Uh, absolutely my favorite christian i'm gonna go ahead and say that i mean other than i guess i guess i can't i can't say number one but like top top five um and um we we have this very interesting relationship that really goes all the way back to middle school so we're talking 20 years ago how how long is that a very long time 20 years (laughs) yeah um, when I asked for an introduction or, or uh, some information, she specifically <laughs> said she is a Christian, an uh, extroverted introvert, and uh, you love you love children, but you struggle with the that you struggle with that. <laughs> uh, yes, <laughs> it's a love love challenge relationship with children, specifically my own. <laughs> So I, I knew you uh, before you were married. And as we both just found out in my phone, in my text messages, it still has you under the name Shanora Jones, who is uh, no longer like that person has been gone for a very long time. Uh, you've been married. My phone has not updated. I still have a picture of you from, <laughs> from way back when. Um, let's start off with uh, you're married, uh, and I, I know I want to talk about marriage, but let's start off with your kids. How many kids you have, and and uh, let's let's dive into that. I have three children. They are eight, seven, and five. Um, they are probably some of the smartest children I have ever met, and that is not because they are mine. I have just had some interactions with other children, and that. Um, encourage me that my kids are really smart Um, probably ahead of their time in a lot of things and it's very very challenging but I love them they're cute on most days (laughs) I like that (laughs) so as as someone who has two children and will welcome a third in July uh, what advice or is there any information that you felt you learned what you know the third time around 
the third time around for us was a peaceful pregnancy. Um, I was definitely a little bit more intentional with my third pregnancy. I feel like I was ready to um, deliver this huge baby. It was an enjoyable pregnancy. Um, After delivery and this baby got a personality, our lives (laughs) were changed (laughs) Um, upside down. My two older girls, um, they are very caring and um, intentional with their brother. What I've learned is that when you start off with one sex and then you change it on the third, it can be exciting, chaotic, uh, stressful because there is this balance of power in the home um, that you will see as it as this third one grows up. There's this jealousy, you know, you can't love me enough or you love this one too much. And that was not something that we experienced before having the third kid. I have talked to parents who have four kids and they say, once you get to the fourth, there's an, a complete balance. Everyone has a friend. And you just, you know, the chaos doesn't really bother you as much. Um, But I'm very grateful to have the three. And I'm also very grateful to not have any more kids. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. I like that. Um, So, (laughs) so. uh, Well, okay. Here's what I was going to say. Um. I have an ugly baby. <laughs> did do you feel like you your children were beautiful? Like did you did you have any ugly children? Because in my personal opinion, and uh, I don't know how this is going to rub anybody that I know that listens, but I feel like you have the most beautiful children uh, of anyone that I know, and they really have always been uh, attractive babies. And I have some friends that. I scroll through their pictures on Facebook. Like when they post their children, I just keep scrolling because I refuse to give in and like ugly baby pictures because my child, again, my second, not, not, not a cutie. Um, Did you feel that way about your kids? Like, Hey, I'm, we make beautiful babies. (laughs) Okay. I was not expecting to not be able to breathe during this podcast. (laughs) So number one, your ugly baby is not ugly. Um, I I think he's absolutely adorable. However, this is what I can say, and I'm going to be honest. When I went back and looked at my kids' baby pictures, I was like, ooh-wee, that was love. That was... <laughs> <laughs> Especially, like, my two daughters, that some of their three- to six-month pictures were a little alien-like. <laughs> Um, so I'm very grateful that they have grown into their beauty now that my eight-year-old is, she's growing, she's developing a little bit more. I believe, and I'm going to make some people angry, that seven to 10 age, I think kids get ugly again because their teeth get big (laughs) and they start to stink. (laughs) So I'm just like, you know what? I love you, but I don't really like you right now. You're not as cute as I thought you were. 
Um, but not many people will say that. They're like, oh, children are a blessing. Yes, they are. And sometimes they're not very attractive. And that's okay. I don't know why we have to make this such a taboo thing. But your baby is not ugly. I honestly, I mean, honestly, I think he's just a light-skinned virgin of you. But that's just me. I don't know if I felt like I was an attractive baby. Like, I, I guess, <laughs> I guess my baby baby pictures, I really like but again you know when we were babies you know we had like those we had like one of eight different picture options and there was no instagram filter so you just there's a we were chocolate babies <laughs> and so when when i look back at those pictures the very few that i have i'm like you know i had like a jerry curl look and like it was it was like i'm okay with that nowadays maybe maybe expectations and of beauty is, is different. So maybe, maybe that's what it is. And maybe that's why I'm so hard on uh, my ugly one. <laughs> um, so, so something that you, you did that I find to be uh, amazing is you wrote and published a book and you don't really like to um, talk much about it. So you don't have to, but uh, what I, what I will say is, you wrote this book called Losing to Win in Marriage. And I find marriage to be the absolute most difficult thing that I've ever like attempted. Like this is this is insane. Um, I feel like after reading your book, and I've read it a couple of times, it's really helped me in certain areas. For you to be married for 13 years, um, and for any other, you know newly like new couples we'll we'll do but we'll we'll start with new couples um what what do you what what do you mean when you say losing to win for new couples and is that different for you know the couples that make it past a decade when i wrote this book excuse me i was going through a very difficult point in time in our marriage where some things had come up that I did not expect. They were not talked about in marriage counseling. We were a couple that got everything out on the floor during marriage counseling. And so there were some, I can be honest, there were some anger issues or just how um, we differed in, in raising our children. We come from two incredibly different backgrounds. My husband's family, they are free spirits. And their version of being raised in a family is the dad provides possibly abuses and um, the women are just extremely blunt and catty. There's no like positive discourse and it's still considered love. I was raised in a family that was about love and even when correction was given, it was still founded upon the love of God which that for me is a major component of marriage because of my faith because I equate the marriage of two people to um, the body of Christ being the bride and that Jesus is going to come back one day for us I had to really just transform the way I thought and recognize that my husband was not raised like me. Mm. 
losing is basically losing not necessarily who you are but being willing to compromise and sacrifice some of those things that you consider to be like the the deal breakers and 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 encouraging yourself to have a growth mindset that just because this happened doesn't mean it's all over and unfortunately I'm a very emotional person at least I, I mean yes <laughs> my emotions have transitioned as my faith has um so I took everything personal and I thought it was an attack against me instead of my husband battling within himself going against the grain of how he was raised um losing your expectation of how you think another person should be how they should behave you can't control anyone's actions you can control how you respond I find that often in in conflict, whether it's marriage or any other interpersonal relationship, normally when a person offends you, it's not that immediate offense. It's something that was triggered from your past. There were some things that my husband had said that I remember my father saying to me in anger. And it, that was, that's where the emotion came from. It wasn't that he was saying it, it's that he represented something that was unhealed in my past. And that was something that I had to go through and I had to deal with. So I challenged myself to think, (laughs) to dig deep um, and write this book, even when I did not know if I was going to stay married by the time it got published. Fun fact, it got published when my third son was born. Like the book, I got the print of the book on the day that he came to this earth. So, yeah. Wow. That's, that's, that's awesome. That's, it, it, it's very it's very interesting um to 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 go back so with with all of that information has that has that changed uh being you know being married over a decade because one of one of my goals as a comedian is to create art or jokes or comedy that you know that lasts i i would love to you know have material now that 10 years from from now i I'm, I'm listening to and i'm still laughing i'm watching and i'm still very much uh i very much relate to it do you feel like this this book um also helps you know couples that that have been married you know that has longevity in their marriage i do um my take on the book as far as my own negative <laughs> response to it is that and I've been candid with this in the past after I wrote the book I felt like our marriage was tested over and over again um, I believe that the principles laid out in the book are timeless We can I go back to it often because sometimes I forget what I wrote and then I go back like oh yeah <laughs> I, need to, I need to use this Um, what I have necessarily separated from concerning the book is some of the lingo that I used at the time that I wrote the book, I was in a church culture that was full of cessation, um, over emotion versus what the actual word of God was. 
Um, I still stand by the scriptures. However, a lot of the metaphorical examples that I put in the book, that's what I don't necessarily agree with. And also, when you give someone advice, I don't know if it's just me, but this week I was talking to someone about their relationship and their marriage and just encouraging them, even with some tips that I had put in the book. And then three days later, we're fighting. And I'm like, I don't want to go through this. We already went through this. Wait. And I think... Wait. <laughs> yeah. wait, wait. Who, who's fighting? You, the you, the person... My husband. Advice to? No, my husband. Oh. And I were fighting. <laughs> got it. Got it. <laughs> so, it's almost like, okay, you preach this, but do you practice it? Um, so, that was the... I guess you can say why I say I don't like that book because I do find that when you try to help other people through things that you definitely get tested on those. Um, but I think that the book Losing to Win in Marriage is effective in any stage of marriage, whether you just got married, whether you've been married for 50 years. I do stand by that. <clears throat> and that's because it's grounded in sound scripture. I cannot negate that as much as I grunt and show, you know, shrug it off. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I would definitely be guilty for giving advice that I just don't do. I don't take at all. Like I'm just one of those people that's like, yeah, you know what? You should do this. And I don't, I don't do it at all. So um, we're going to take a quick break. And then when we return, I want to talk a little bit more about marriage um, and then I want to kind of dabble into uh, your faith and, and, you know, how you got into it and, and a little bit more about that story. So we're going to take a quick break. This is the Peace Talk Podcast. We'll be right back. And we're back. Uh, I've been talking to one of my best friends for over 20 years, uh, Shanora, and we, we were talking about marriage. What I wanted to get into because... Uh, after you wrote this book, for for the record, do you get money and royalty? Like, if you sell, you know, the book, do you do you get like some some pennies in your pocket? Absolutely, I purchased um, all the rights to the book, so I'm technically self published. Even though I went through Manifold Grace Publishing House, um, I pay for everything up front, so that anything that I sell after that whole process comes to me. The book is still on Amazon. I believe it's still on barnesandnoble.com. I have sold all of my physical books that I had um, for some years, but it is still out there. <laughs> so That's awesome. Eventually, I will get that 25 cents. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, have you ever... Do you ever think about writing another book, or uh, do you have any other, like art or, or like something that you would love, like something you'd like to put out I see what you did there <laughs> um, we have, we have had some personal conversations about how I never want to write another book I didn't even want to write this first one but it was just something that I could not escape I think that if I ever wrote another book specifically about marriage it would have to be my husband and I writing it together because I would like for people to get his perspective after we came out of that um, completely difficult season of life. If he is not on board, 
you will probably not hear about marriage from me unless it's on a personal level. Um, if I were to, in the perfect setting, write another book, it would probably be about children, early childhood education, and how children respond to trauma in the age range of three, four, and five. I work in a preschool in the extended care, and we work through a lot of tough emotions. And my goal in life is to help children process their emotions in a healthy way at a young age so that they don't grow up and be toxic like most adults who don't know how to deal with conflict or their emotions. So if there were ever anything that I would write by myself, it would be that. Wow. But before we uh, go to talking about marriage and your faith, um, with your with your job, um, if you care to share, how has COVID-19 affected you? Because um, I feel like what you do um, is greatly unapp- unappreciated. And, um, you know, any anytime, you know, we have teachers and people and faculty that work with children, which, you know, we call them the future, you know, generation, but we don't really invest um, how we should and support. How has, how has everything affected you and in, in your lifestyle? I miss my students. I miss the ones who I know are in a very toxic home where my classroom, our building was their safe place, their constant, <clears throat> excuse me. I miss interacting with them, hearing their stories. I did not know that on that Friday when we shut down the building, that would be the last time I hugged some of my babies. They're mine like forever. <laughs> I always prepare myself for May to say goodbye. And this was an abrupt separation. Our school has been amazing with communicating with these students. I send out videos, read aloud songs, things that we have shared in class to my students every week, at least once a week. We have sent out mail, bouncy balls this week, just because I think America is focused on K through 12 and how are they going to get to the next level. But our particular preschool has been trying to get into the hearts of these preschoolers and keep them on a semi-regular schedule. So we do distance learning as well. Um, I send out curriculum to my students, but then as a school, we send out four or five links a day so that these kids can still engage in the learning process. A lot of these kids are on their way to kindergarten. They may stay within our school system and they may not. So we want to keep them um, in a normal setting as much as possible. I am unemployed. Unfortunately, when you work part-time at a school, you do not get unemployment. We are still waiting on the laws to change in that aspect. However, the money is not as important as me wanting to be safe, wanting my children to be safe. Um, I do, on the positive side, love that I get to be at home with my children and learn things about them that I may have missed. I work at their school, but we weren't getting home until six o'clock at night. 
after six, it's rush, rush, rush. Mm-hmm. Get your pajamas. Get you know, we do homework in aftercare, but it's rush everything. And there are so many things that my daughters specifically have told me about that they were struggling with that they felt like they could not share because of the busyness of our lives. So um, there's just been a roller coaster of emotions. In our faculty, we have dealt with this virus personally. Um, there have been a couple of deaths in the family. Um, and then there are some great moments where we just had my daughter's first grade teacher, her mom, um, who is elderly, just came off the vent and is actually showing signs of recovery. Um, so there's just a roller coaster of emotions, but we're choosing gratitude and grateful that we're healthy and we're just taking all the precautions that we can. And honestly, I cannot wait to get back to school in August or September and just be grateful, even in the frustrating times, that I get to be with these students. And of course, I just pray every day for their safety, for these students that are going through divorce. I don't think people really understand how much of a toll this is taking on children, especially children who have doctors and nurses as parents. There's just so much Mm. that goes into this emotionally that our children have already been exposed to so much in the world. But this is a time in life that we've never experienced before. And I think it'll be important for our society to make sure that these children are not being overlooked. I ask my kids daily, how do you feel? Is there something that, you know, you want to talk about that you're maybe afraid of? Um, we, We talk about the reality of things. My son misses school. He thinks this is a punishment. His little five-year-old brain thinks that mommy's being mean and keeping him out of school. He's so depressed. (laughs) 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 He's like, why wouldn't you let me go to school? And I'm like, oh, sorry. We have to do this Google class. And his teacher came to visit him last week. She did a drive-by. And he ran away from her because he said, she's not supposed to be in my house. She's supposed to be in the brain gym. That's his class. And Hmm. so... Yeah, roller coaster emotions. Sorry for going on, but that's no. very, very dear to my heart. No, I appreciate it. I, I just thought it was an opportunity to really uh, talk on, on it because it's obviously been affecting everybody. And uh, I, who knows, you know, when, when I feel like there's definitely a light at the end of the tunnel, but who knows when we'll get back to things just being regular and, and normal again. So um, just two more questions. Um, going back to, your 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 marriage you you got married what seven seven oh seven if if that and um you know like like you've already kind of talked about it it's it's been up and down and and you you wrote this book and uh what what is the state of your marriage now and what has marriage taught you about yourself marriage i did not like my husband for the past 72 hours I'm just going <laughs> to be completely honest with you I don't think people are okay with sharing that truth that sometimes you're not going to like your spouse um, there were some very intense emotions in our home um, anger of course because 
we are. He's home now. He's not working. He got laid off due to work being reduced. And the kids are so loud um, in our home. And so emotions are high. And um, we did not like each other. But one thing I can say is that how we deal with conflict now versus five years ago before counseling is amazing. And I know that's that's crazy. Like we don't argue for months on end like we used to. Um, We talk through the things. We allow each other to hurt each other's feelings. And then we laugh it out because he really is my number one best friend. We had a great friendship before marriage. And I feel like that's something that is lacking um, in a lot of marriages. We were talking just yesterday about how we communicate with one another. And I find that there are several women that I know who just are okay with belittling their husbands or talking to them in just a a demeaning way just because they're angry and that's not something I never want man or female I never want to say something to someone that will stick with them in a negative way for a long period of time Mm -hmm. even if things are said to me that I know stick with me and I have to work through with forgiveness I never want him to feel less than I think that men in marriages get a lot of bad rap, but no one's out here talking about the mean wives or the inconsiderate wives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so we often talk, I'm like, man, I need to start being mean so I can get like Gucci and Louis Vuitton. And he's like, I don't care <laughs> if you mean, we still ain't got the money <laughs> for all of this. <laughs> um, but it's just, I, I don't know. I just, I, I honor him and I respect him and I I want my kids to honor him and respect him no matter what. We fight in front of the kids and I say, hey kids, how do you feel about this? They say, you know what? Sometimes it makes us cry. My son said, I hear you guys yelling and I just walk away. <laughs> Smart man. <laughs> but I just walk away. And I'm like, well guys, just so you know, we always remind the children that we still love each other. That at the end of the day, it's never going to be perfect. We're not always going to agree with one another. Um, our parenting skills are still a little different. I am the gracious one, and he is the don't ask any questions. Everybody's getting a whooping. Um, I like to see why kids do the <laughs> things that they do. Um, our marriage would have been perfectly fine without kids. <laughs> 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 I think I think people are afraid to say things like that. Like we often talk about, like, man, do you really think that we would have struggled so much if we didn't have kids? And not, I mean, multiple kids. I remember saying, like, after Cheris and the horrible C-section and how long it took me to get, I was like, God, I'm good. You know, thanks. I knew I wasn't supposed to have children, but thank you. And I'm good. And now we have these three and they are amazing. But then there are some days where I'm just like, man, we would not be challenged in this way in our marriage if it weren't for our children. And we have to work through that. Like, be grateful for them. And people are like, oh, you can't say that about kids. No, kids, they tear everything up. 
Um, <laughs> they, 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 they challenge you emotionally. They are inconsiderate and selfish because they have not learned how to be considerate or, you know, just, yeah, that's a whole nother. But kids definitely challenge their marriage. Um, the state of our marriage is that it is definitely strong. Um, even with the past 72 hours, the challenges that we've gone through, they don't last as long as they used to. There were times where I was like Googling how to divorce a man in three days. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm like, Huffy, you got three kids. You better stick it out. <laughs> you ain't got no money. <laughs> Just stick it out. It is cheaper to keep her. <laughs> All right, and uh, my my last question goes back to um, you being a Christian, and and I like what what does being a Christian mean to you, uh, especially in in twenty twenty, and or a a woman of faith. Being a Christian is probably one of the most challenging things besides marriage in my life excuse me I say that because there are so many assumptions of Christians because of those people who have manipulated God's word for personal gain for their own selfishness to excuse their own sins just to expose someone else's I am a believer in God's holy word I believe that The Bible is inerrant, but I don't think that we should use it as a weapon. My Christianity has been solidified probably since 2016. When I was growing up, and especially when you know me, I mean, we were in the church. I didn't know what it meant to be a Christian. I knew what it was like to go to church and have this community of people who love God and they use the Bible, you know, to encourage people, but there was never a challenge of this is why we do what we do. This is what the Bible says and I don't want to use this to control you, but I want you to see the benefits of living by this by you applying it for yourself. One of my goals with my children is not to force Christianity on them, even though they go to a Christian school. It really is just one of the best schools in Fort Wayne, academically. And then the spiritual part is a bonus. But I always tell them, like, I'm never going to force you to believe in God, to go to church, to read your Bible outside of what's required in the curriculum. I want you to know why you say what you say. How does it apply in your life? And if it doesn't make sense right now, that's okay. Um, I, I was not gifted that opportunity. God is sovereign to me. He never fails. I don't believe that he's this big guy in the sky that just watches us all suffer. I have to be honest, I have seen him work even through this virus in the sense of forcing people to be home. I don't think that he caused it. I do think that he allowed it so that us as a humanity can think about some of the things that we do. 
we've been forced to slow down and appreciate one another, appreciate nature, appreciate being able to be in relationship with one another. Um, I am an extroverted introvert, which means that I can turn on when I need to be um, turned on, but I'm, I like to be alone. <laughs> so this quarantine is, I'm okay with being locked up in a room. Um, however, I'm able to see people come together and rally around people, people who have never prayed before are praying. Mm. People who have never had hope. Have hope. I have a friend who just passed yesterday where I go through, I was stalking her page since March 26th. That was her last post where she was able to talk. Mm -hmm. He was diagnosed with coronavirus and um, unfortunately lost the battle and left behind her three kids. But in the midst of all of this, I see these people. She has, she's gone viral because of her faith, because she really did fight until the end. And these people who do not know her, there are people texting me that don't have coronavirus in their circle of people that were texting me like, hey, I pray for your friend tonight. Mm. And so that allows me to see the goodness. If you look at the history in the Bible, there was always something good that came out of challenges. We have to have challenges because we're fallen people. God gave us free will. There will be sin. There will be hardship. There will be um, abuse and just things that happen. But as I told someone this week, there's not one thing bad that has happened in my life that God has not been able to use to encourage someone else. That goes back to my abuse, the, the rape, um, marital issues, uh, my delivery of my kids. I did not heal well. My body is still not healed because of the surgeries and the things I went through to bring them to life. And I always wind up coming across somebody, a stranger or someone that is introduced to me who's struggling and they don't have anybody to talk to about those things. And I'm like, man, not that you can encourage people if you haven't gone through anything, but people relate to you more if you have. Mm-hmm. And no one wants to hear about a sovereign God from someone who's had a perfect life. Mm. So, um, yeah, my Christianity is, is solid. It doesn't mean I can't have fun. Um, I laugh at things I probably shouldn't laugh at. I'm probably... Um, I know I've made mistakes in my life. And I don't think that believing in Jesus is just a a white ball end all and you don't have to be accountability or accountable for your actions. I do believe that my faith encourages me to make better choices daily. I know that it's not just me. I don't give all the control to God. I know that I have to personally make choices, but I know that those good choices that I make are because of the Holy Spirit that gives me wisdom, comfort, and um, aids me. There's always, a, people call it the conscious, but that conscious, we were created. That conscious is not of your own. It's not just because of your experiences in life. Um, we're, we were created with warning signals. Do I always listen to them? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. But as I grow and I mature in the faith and read the Bible, as for what it is, not what I want to put my 
perspective on it, but just for what it is and researching the scriptures and, and what they actually meant in context. I don't necessarily want to do the things that I used to want to do. Mm-hmm. And I see the health benefits of not doing those things. Um, the mental benefits of not doing those things. Have I been close to crossing the line? Absolutely. But I'm grateful for the self-control um, that has been gifted to me to not cross the line. Um, I'm grateful that this life is temporary. I do believe in heaven. I also believe in hell. Um, and I think people are afraid to talk about those things. Um, revelations is real. Do I think the world is coming to an end? No. No one knows the day or the hour. Coronavirus may very well be gone in the next three to four years. And we will continue on with life and then prepare for the next tragedy. Um, but I do know that when that time comes, I want to be ready. And I think that this preparation, the, the hardship and how we respond to tr- tragic situations that prepares us for that time, whether I get to go before Jesus comes back or I'm here during tribulation. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well said. That, that was uh, a lot of great insight. And uh, I'm very happy that you were able to share a lot of that. Um, I don't want to take any more of your time, but I definitely want to say that I appreciate you making time to kind of come up, come on here and, and talk and share and open up. I think, um, you know, like, like, like I mentioned before, like as, as a comedian being, being very open and honest, um, kind of, you know, like shredding your, your, your skin and just being exposed it, it, it it's a process and I think when when you do that or a person does that you really have an opportunity to get closer to their truth and in their heart and you know their understanding of why that person is the way that they are they do the things that they do and um even knowing you for as long as I have I feel like just kind of talking with you now there are some some things that you said and the way that you said them that I was like wow I didn't um kind of see that before so uh thank you uh is there anything else you would like to say before uh we we get out of here i just want to thank you for this platform i was definitely nervous but you're an easy person to talk to (laughs) um (laughs) i'm proud of you uh i think one of these episodes someone needs to interview you i am proud of your growth and just you doing this um you are multifaceted and i really hope that it takes off and i hope that people get something not just from the clean episodes but they really tap in and relate to your heart and be encouraged by it so thank you you're a great comedian and a great friend you the bomb boom blow up you know what I'm saying I wish I don't know if I could find a bomb sound but I'll put a bomb sound at the end <laughs> uh, thank you so much Nora kiss uh, the husband and the kids for me and uh, thank you very much again for coming on here uh, it's been fun uh, listening to you and I hope you guys listening uh, enjoyed it and also pick up some some uh, information and small goat nuggets along the way this is and has been peace talk podcast um day peace a comedian 
And uh, that's it. <laughs>